Hi, it's Tony. On today's show, we'll find out what's for dinner at Michael's. Plus, we'll talk college football with Paul Feinbaum, and we'll get picks from James Bleep and Carville and Jeff 21 Ma. But first, commerce. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Previously on The Tony Kornheiser Show. A Cornish yes. hen? Because a Cornishon is a pickle. I was uh, not thinking of the pickle. Okay. It's not as big, you know, as a Cornish hen. I don't know. I mean, you know me, Michael. I eat whatever's put in front of me. I'm an idiot, you know. But I, I, I wish you luck with that. I think that Thank should you. be fun. How many do you have? I don't know. I think it's probably two quail to a person, right? I w- this is going to be, this will be yeah. like half the dinner. Oh, okay. So it's not just a dinner of quail. No, this is not a feast of quail. <laughs> the Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. The Feast of Quail. It sounds like something in a Monty Python movie. <laughs> the Feast of Quail. So, Michael, it's it's on the runway for tonight, right? It's on the runway. Oh, no. One more day. One day more. Really? Another day until the quail. Oh, okay. So there's no quail until Friday. Uh, no. Uh, do you think I'm a restaurant? All, all you ask me is about what I'm cooking. No, tonight's going to be barbacoa. <laughs> Well, I just I just think that the I think quail is going to be fun. I think that's going to be interesting. And I wondered, you know, if you did any research on it, they're not big quail. They're I not, know. I, I sort of have visions of like, uh, you know, like a medieval times uh, or like Renaissance fair, just feasting on a leg of meat. <laughs> no, no well, that's a very dainty no, leg. No silverware. Yeah, just oh, eating no, meat. No. Yeah. Silverware wasn't Save invented until the, the 1700s. <laughs> Save the bones for Henry Jones because Henry don't eat, they no don't eat no meat. <laughs> You don't eat no meat. So, okay, so so what's tonight? Is there a tonight? I told you, barbacoa, yes. Okay, okay. So, Could you run through some of the specials for us, please? Yeah, that's, uh. that's right. And we'll order them. Yeah, that's great. All right, so um, I finished, because I have nothing to do, because I, I, I don't have a television show, and I have nothing to do. And it was raining all day, so there was, I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't do anything. So I finished The Diplomat. Oh, okay. So it's eight episodes, and for those of you, I, I can't spoil the ending because I don't know what happened because it's a cliffhanger situation. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. right. There's a big explosion, and there's a cliffhanger situation. I have no idea who's caught in the explosion. I, I guess by the first show of the next season, if certain people don't show up, they will have been <laughs> caught in the explosion. Yeah, but I don't know who was caught in the explosion, and I don't know what turn. Kerry Russell's character is taking with the British foreign secretary. I don't know. I don't have any idea at the moment. Although when she wore the red dress and the last episode, I thought, okay, this is a break from the past. Yes. This is an attempt by Kerry Russell's character to say, yeah, I'm out of here on this marriage. I'm out of here. I'm doing something different. I'm wearing red. So anyway, um, after I was done with the series, I went to the Internet to read some of the reviews of the series, which I would never have done until, you know, until I'm done. I don't care what somebody, I don't want somebody unduly influencing yeah. the way I come to the television set. And I love the show. Um, Did you go to Vulture? Has, huh? Did you go to Vulture for the review? No, I went to um, Google or Yahoo and I just typed in reviews. Oh, of, and it just came up and you clicked yeah, on one. So yeah. I read a few. I mean, I think the show has great pace. I don't care if it's realistic. I don't care if that's exactly how um, diplomats work. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be realistic for me. She's very, very smart. She's yeah. it, her relationship with her husband is fabulous. 
Um, and they seem like real people to me. And if she's probably a little frenetic for that job and probably a little too daring for that job, it's television. It's okay. So the reviews weren't great. Really? Yeah. I mean, there was one guy. Um, there's someone, they, they praised Kerry Russell. They prayed, praised her husband. They played, praised very much the guy who plays the prime minister of England. Um, I think his name is Rory Kinnear in real life. I will look that up. He plays, is it Nickel Trowbridge or something like that, I think is the name of the character. But, you know, like one guy said, it doesn't happen this way. You know, I understand diplomacy, and it doesn't happen this way. And I just thought... Yeah, this bloke, there's yeah. no fun in that. Yeah, you're a party pooper. <laughs> well, if, it, if, if they did the... If, if everybody did the show exactly how it happened, there wouldn't be a show. Yeah, because it'd be boring. Yeah. It would so this was forever. a review of, of like the entire arc of the show, not just episode yes. by episode. Right. You know, just said it was laughable. In a, in a post Game of Thrones world, there's like a there's a side you know a sidecar of reading these reviews in real time right after the episode drops, and that's oh. where you're looking for all the I, yeah, you know never, all the missing pieces that you didn't quite get or just sort of snarky. Well, I never saw Game of Thrones, so I mean, I don't. Yeah, it's now it's now for a lot of other shows, but that sort of made it made it a lot bigger. I made sure to watch all eight before I I delved into what people thought, but it's, and I really enjoyed it. Well, it's interesting because now you said they praised the show, but overall said, yeah, you know, maybe maybe not so great. Right. But everyone you talk to says, oh, have you seen the Diplomat? Really like the word of it. mouth, the people love it. So, yeah. and I love her. I mean, I think well, she's terrific. Well, she's great. I just yeah. think she's terrific, and she's found it. One guy was criticizing her as an actress saying, well, I don't think she could do comedy well. And I thought to myself, okay, maybe she couldn't do comedy well. We don't know because she's not doing comedy. She's not called upon as the ambassador to the United Kingdom to get up and do five minutes of stand-up. How about improvisational comedy? She's not. You know, I, Thank you, Leo. I, know, I mean, I felt that that was really, I mean, I felt that. Well, I she, mean, evaluate her acting with the character and the words that are put in her mouth, right? I mean, she is in the movie Cocaine Bear, so I think yeah, she's got yeah. a sense of humor on some level. Right. You know? So, anyway. Did it make you feel like you wasted 10 hours? Not at all. It was eight hours, and no, not okay. at all. No, because I, I enjoyed it. So what's, do you have something next up that you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to watch now? Well, I'm, Cue everyone, up the holdovers. Well, the holdovers is a movie. Yeah, I know. Every, everyone insists that I, I watch... Slow horses, but again, Apple Television, I believe, costs $99. I can probably share my login with you. Well, then I would watch Slow... You've seen Slow Horses, right? Yes. Yeah, we're all up to date with that. I was right? saying, I, yeah. I finally and, watched Holdovers last night, so I think you'll enjoy that okay. text. And Sean, you watched you watched Slow Horses? Slow Horses is great. It's, okay. it's my favorite thing. Slow Horses and The Diplomat are my two favorite things in okay. current production. Okay, yeah. and Michael, did you like the holdovers? Because you have the boarding school experience. Uh, the visuals of it are stunning, and they 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 got lucky with the weather because these are shot on campus, and they just happen into these snowy landscapes. So, as yeah. the educator in me feels very uncomfortable because the parenting atrocious, the kids rotten, <laughs> so the teachers just <laughs> disgusting. Uh, oh. But there's there are these little pieces that come together from Catherine the Rye. When you think about the you know the mm. opening scene of the kids getting ready to go home, yeah. Uh, when you think about outside Providence. Uh, any of the any of these schools mo movies that they just get small moments so perfect when when you're alone on an empty campus and you're sort of running through or exploring the catacombs. So, uh, but no, the educator me also sitting there being like, the first thing you can't do is there are no secrets. You can never have a secret with a person of authority. There, that's the as one of my right. schools would call it, the slippery slope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, my mind went to racing how I would how I would incorporate that movie into one of my electives, the coming of age uh, in the modern world. But I'd look at the family that. Uh, forms together the holdovers, but when you think about the student who's left with one of his teachers and uh, one of the women who works on staff in the kitchen, you look at the family that emerges there and the holiday that they're able to get together, That that's where I'd go. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely. And you lovely. liked it too. I did. I did. And I believe, and if I'm I think reading I saw correctly, you in some of the, uh, the backgrounds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think I might have been an extra. It will be streaming on the Peacock. Which I, uh, I don't get the peacock. You don't get the peacock. I used to get the peacock, then they cut it off. Uh. Uh, it, 
Comcast made the Peacock available for free for a while, and now it's not available for free, and that's why I missed the Buffalo Bills game. Oh, that's right, because it yeah. was only on the Peacock. Only streaming services that were for free are not for free anymore. And we looked yes last night at what was for free, and it's junk. <laughs> I mean, it's things from 1940. It's awful. You know, like Fubo is free and oh, there's sure. nothing in it. Yeah. It's just junk. Probably some good Abbott and Costello movies. I don't care about it. So now they get me to where I want to watch something, but I don't want a full year subscription to watch one thing. No, we'll work on that for that. you. If, right. if you stay with, because Netflix you have, right? Because that's what Diplomat is on? Yes. Then I would make the recommendation for Ozark because you like right. Jason Bateman. That, yeah, that's what Jeannie said. Also, go yeah, right yeah, to yeah. Ozark. I would say go into that. So I had one other thing I wanted to talk about, and it's a sports story. We're not we're not going to get to it because we have gambling today, and we have Paul Feinbaum, and he's going to do college. And it is the jettisoning of Russell Wilson. And Wilbon and I have been fighting about Russell Wilson for three years. I have said time and again, Russell Wilson has slipped. He's no good. His last year in Seattle, I said, Mike, they kept Geno Smith over him. Geno Smith was a complete failure as a first-round draft pick or something close to a first-round draft pick with the Jets, right? He was out of the league. Yeah. Geno Smith was out of the league. And you keep saying Russell Wilson is a Hall of Famer. And they, Pete Carroll, who a lot of players swear by, Pete Carroll traded away Russell Wilson and kept Geno Smith. And then Wilbon said, well, let's see what he does in Denver. You know, because he, he got hosed in Seattle. He didn't get hosed. Well, in Denver, he was terrible his first year. He was awful. And I said, he's awful. And Wilbon said, it's not him. It's the coach. It's Hackett. It's, yeah, it's Nathaniel Hackett. Hackett stinks. Get him with a good coach. So this year I said, is he with a good coach? And Wilbon said, oh, maybe. I said, wait, wait a second, Mike. <laughs> um, Sean Payton took a small quarterback in Drew Brees, made him a Hall of Fame Super Bowl winning quarterback. Sean Payton did that. Russell Wilson is the same size as Drew Brees. And Wilbon conceded that that, you know, that that was a good spot. Well, Sean Payton has turned on Russell Wilson. He's cut him. He's essentially cut him. He's putting Jarrett Stidham in to start, saying we need to spark on offense, which is a very good line and laughable. Now, Kerry Russell could do that line. <laughs> she could do light comedy with that line. It's laughable. It's laughable. They want to get rid of Russell Wilson because they don't want to pay him all the money that they owe him. They owe him like they owe him thirty-seven million dollars for this year, which they have to pay, and probably thirty-nine for next, which they're going to have to pay. But they can get out of about forty million dollars after that because it was a terrible trade that Denver made to get Russell Wilson with Seattle. It's an awful trade. And a lot of us looked at it at the time and said, this is an awful trade. What are you doing? Well, it seems clear to me that Russell Wilson, when you say, let, just let Russ cook, he can't cook. He's not a great quarterback anymore. Could he go to Washington and be effective, better than the guy they got? Sure. Could he go to Pittsburgh and be better than Kenny Pickett? Sure. Could he go to New England and be better than Zappy and Mac Jones, sure, he could. He's better than them. He's better than them. Is he a great quarterback anymore? No. No, he's not. And Wilbon was almost on the verge of conceding this yesterday in a conversation that we had. <laughs> because, I mean, he had all the chances. Now, what I found interesting, and I watched earlier today, I watched the Get Up show, where they had players from the NFL, and these were Pro Bowl players. And what players do, invariably... Because they're players. Players take the side of the player. They pointed out, oh, you know, nobody's going to not pay Sean Payton his money. It's only players that don't get their money because of the contracts that they sign. They get only the guaranteed money, and you can cut them at some point. You know, and players, the two players, and maybe he was a third player, were on Russell Wilson's side and felt he was abused publicly by Sean Payton, who yelled at him at the sidelines. It's a clip you show all the time. And I found myself concurring with, you don't want to yell at the player on the sideline. You don't. Because everything's on television now. Every single thing. Yeah. You don't want to yell at the player. player can't really yell back, but you can just walk away. And Russell Wilson didn't. He took it. 
But I don't find myself siding with the players that Russell Wilson is going to go out somewhere else and be great. They didn't say he would be great, but they think he's got something left, and they think he's been treated badly by Sean Payton. Whereas the general manager guy, Tannenbaum, said everybody knew this was going to happen because Sean Payton didn't trade for him. Sean Payton would not have, this is Tannenbaum's words, Sean Payton would not have taken the job. He would not have signed the contract with Denver if he didn't have the ability to make personnel decisions. And of course, Russell Wilson's contract would have come up in negotiations with ownership. Of course it would have. Yeah. Because it was a contract that bound them together for four years for a tremendous amount of money. So I found that that was the interesting part to me, that the players sided with the player and management sides with management. You know, and if I were there, I would have sided with myself and I would have said, look, now he had a great stretch of about six games this year, a great stretch, the last three, not so much. I just would have said, I'm not sure he's your long-term answer at a team that's trying to build. I think there are lots of teams where he'd be better than he is at Denver, and it doesn't, this doesn't surprise me. But there is, there is that bond that players have with players, that if a coach cuts you or a GM cuts you or somebody trades you, players always side with players and point out, we have no ability to say no. So that, like basketball players who call their own shots, James Harden. Here's where I want to go. And if I don't go there, you know, I'm staying with you and you can pay me for the rest of the time. Right. Basketball players all approve of that. All approve of that because they, they know that ultimately their only power is their ability. You know, they're not owners. They're not GMs. They're not coaches. They don't sit in that same small room and make lasting decisions. They don't do that. That's how it works. We'll take a break. Uh, Paul Feinbaum, yes? Paul Feinbaum. We're going to talk about college football with Paul when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a song called Changes. It's by a band with a fabulous name, post-sex nachos <laughs> and Todd <coughs> Todd Hart formerly of Cola, Wisconsin and now Sheboygan, Wisconsin writes your other favorite band from Mizzou better known as post-sex nachos wanted to be known that while Norwegian soft kitten is an excellent name they feel theirs is right up there they have a new album coming out in January they're touring all over the country you can use the Google machine to find them in your area they'll be playing at the DC 9 nightclub in Washington DC on March 24th And obviously, tickets for you, Michael and Nigel, can be made available. I'm sure we can add Elvis to the list, well, because he has a better chance of showing up than you do. (laughs) They always see a boost in downloads and really appreciate the exposure on the show. Here's a new single, Changes. It's actually very good. It's very good. It's got the elements of David Bowie in it, of course. Yeah, yeah. Post-sex nachos and changes, changes, and they play in Paul Feinbaum. We're going to talk college football. Look, I'm going to go on a rant. Cut me off whenever you want. And, and, and it, it starts out all this bleeding over FSU. And then their quarterback enters the transfer portal and isn't going to play in this game? All of this ble- FSU? Really? Am I wrong on this? Tony, you're, you're so right. It's scary. Uh, uh, I, I mean, I hate even to return to the scene of the crime of three weeks ago, but it, it wasn't even the FSU people that bugged me. It was just the the fake outrage everywhere I went. Long story short, uh, 
a couple of days later, I was going to a Christmas party on my neighborhood, something I really don't like doing because that means actually talking to neighbors, but my <laughs> wife wanted to go. Um, <laughs> and we walk in, and I, I literally haven't – I don't think I've talked to this couple in eight years, but uh, you know they're from – New Jersey or wherever. Everybody on my block is from New Jersey. And the woman said, oh, my goodness, I, I saw you on Morning Joe Monday talking about Florida State. I go, oh, yeah. She said, I said, you watch Morning Oh, I love Morning Joe. She said, but how in the world could you say Florida State doesn't belong in there? I mean, those kids deserved it. I'm like going, you couldn't name – you probably still think Bobby Bowden is coaching <laughs> Florida State. Uh, I mean, I literally wanted to turn around, but I had not eaten or, or had anything to drink all day, so at least I grabbed the free food and got out there as fast as I could. Yeah, yeah Florida State, shut up. And then your quarterback, Rodemack, or whatever his name is, now you're yeah. down to a third-string quarterback. I hope you lose by 80. <laughs> and this is exactly how I felt, and I was so happy. I said this yesterday, Paul. I was so happy when James Madison got crushed by Air Force because the people in the state legislature in Virginia actually used the words, we're going to declare war on the NCAA for for their abuse of power and not letting James Madison into a big bowl game. Really? You just lost to a team that hasn't been ranked since 1947, right? Am I right on that? Shut up, James Madison. And it was it was the politicians in Florida that also jumped up and down. I mean, Ron sure. DeSantis, you may have heard his name somewhere. He's somewhere in single digits in New Hampshire and yeah. Iowa right now. He uh, he said we're going to uh, earmark a million dollars for what I don't know. I mean, you, you hate to give the CFP, that's the College Football Playoff Committee, any credit at all because I don't like the way they do it. They're not transparent. But in this case, uh, they were right. Uh, yes. I mean, every, everybody forgot. Alabama went out and beat the number one team in the country. That that did not happen in, in, in the eyes of these uh, bleeding uh, Florida State Seminole fans. No, no, you're 100% right. Now, they would never have gotten in if the defensive coordinator at Auburn wasn't guilty of a Correct. fireable offense because they would have <laughs> had two losses and they would not have gotten in. But that's, that, that didn't happen. Coaches leave as well. The JMU guy just left. He's not coaching. Is he coaching them in, against the Air Force? No, he left. The Duke guy left. Everybody is leaving, and it is a dismantling. And, and the, the corollary effect of having the playoff, and I like the playoff, though I don't want 12, I want 8, but it doesn't matter. I like the playoff. I like the certainty of it. But the corollary effect is to dismantle all the other bowls, right, Paul? Yeah, but, but, but Tony, I, people are acting like this just happened overnight for – the bowl system has been comatose for almost 10 years. I mean, they, they're mm-hmm. barely in business. And, and frankly, uh, if it wasn't for ESPN, they wouldn't be in business. ESPN owns, I don't yeah. know, maybe 18 out of the 32 bowls. Maybe, they may even own more than that. So they're, they're television events. And by the way, they're good television, yeah. starting at 1130 and going till 1 in the morning. I mean, is there something else on television right now? No, they enable Wilbon and I to be off for a full week. We're very grateful. <laughs> We're very grateful. Well, that's the point. They're, they're, they're on television thanks to ESPN. Maybe there's right. an occasional game somewhere. And there's, there's something else that's very important in all this, and that's the Vegas betting line. That's what keeps people watching these silly games. Well, I mean, I've never heard of famous toastery, and I don't know much about Tax Slayer, and everybody gloms on to a bowl. I, I actually was gratified to see that USC – that not only – because Caleb Williams is going pro, and he didn't want to play in a game and get hurt – But he stood on the sideline the whole time, and he seemed delighted for the guy who took his place, who, by the way, had six touchdown passes, right? Yeah, and and I I don't blame him, uh, but but you're right. I mean, I I don't understand why these guys at least can't go to the game. Um, And, I mean, by the way, you get, you you know, free free headphones and uh, who knows what else uh, they give out. I mean, that used to be a big deal. Uh, 40, 50 years ago, you and I covered ball games. That's right. It was a week. It was a week long event, and you yes, might have gotten something free out of the deal. There was. I remember wanting always to cover the Orange Bowl, and the reason to cover the Orange Bowl was there was this small little cruise in in Miami yeah. Bay, which was totally catered by Joe's Stone Crab. And so I said, why wouldn't I want to go to the Orange Bowl and have him have Joe Stone Crab? Right? You remember that, Paul, when they used to do that? 
Yeah, I have to. Uh, you mentioned Joe Stonecrab, which reminds me of a famous story. I, I, I asked Nick Saban about this about seven years ago, and he, he still looked at me like I was crazy. But when, whenever Saban was at the Miami uh, Dolphins, um, the second or third week of camp, George W. Bush came to Miami and put the, wanted to put together a dinner in the back of Joe Stonecrab with Dan Marino and Don Shula and Nick Saban, just, you know, a fun, a fun night out for the president. Um, and Saban said no. Uh, he, no. He didn't have, there was no way he was leaving training camp for three hours to, to have dinner with the president of the United States. And I asked him about this. Uh, I was in his office about, in, about seven or eight years ago, and he said, why would I do that? I said, well, he is the president of the United States. He said, I, I had camp. Uh, I wasn't leaving. I said, okay, good for you. Okay. Well, that leads me into something. That leads me into something that you will find interesting. If you, you, I'm sure you know it. Nick Saban's record, when he has a month to prepare for games, which would either have been the um, BCS final game or one of the current four-team semifinals in the college football playoff, his record is 10-1. and one. Doesn't that tell us that they're going to beat Michigan? They should. Uh, and, and for whatever reason, uh, people uh, know, know this, but Michigan is still favored, which is one of the quirkiest things I've ever seen, Tony. I'll leave it to you to, yeah. to find out exactly why. And even that, that crazy FPI at the, on the bottom line has Michigan 56%. Uh, it, it's hard. To, if you go, you, people do go broke betting against Nick Saban. That is a fact. So. Uh, you either go with the trend, or you 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 take a look at you take a gander on Jim Harbaugh, who was one of the worst postseason college coaches. Oh for I six in seen. his last six. Oh for six, in his last six, right? Yeah. So, if, you, if that's how you bet, uh, I mean, I, I I think Alabama is going to win the game, but I, I I'm not just convinced of it because uh, of what you said a minute ago. I mean, they there were there were six games this year. They, yes. They were, they were in for their lives, including. I mean, they, they were they were under a one percent chance of beating Auburn, which is a really crummy team. How could they not fire the defensive coordinator that day? How could they not? Yeah, and for those who don't remember, they, they rushed two and a half men. I know Maybe that was a TV show, TV, series, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah, that's what they did, and 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 uh, Jalen Milrow had eleven point eight seconds. Uh, to throw a winning touchdown pass in the corner of the end zone. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, okay, let me get back to Michigan. I- I've been told this anecdotally. I didn't see it, but maybe it is in fact true that when the Michigan team was gathered for the reveal of who they would play, when they found out it was Alabama, they were totally deflated. You could see it physically. Do you know anything about that? Yes, uh, I was watching it live. Um, and right. and it, it looked like uh, they, they found out they... Uh, they had to play the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they, uh, they, they were deflated because they were counting on playing Florida State, right. uh, a, a school they knew they would beat fairly easily because Florida State, uh, in spite of all the uh, bleeding hearts, including my next-door neighbor, uh, <laughs> was, was somewhat fraudulent, really, in terms of they, 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 they had three significant games all year. They won. Um, but they, they, in no way was they, were they, to me, uh, among the five, four or five best teams. So yeah, they, 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 they and I, I don't blame them. Nobody, Tony, you just got through saying it. Nobody, why would you want to play Alabama in this statement in a, in, a, in a postseason no. game? No, you don't. Let me go to the other game, Washington. And I don't know this. I don't. But it seemed to me that the Pac-12 in its last year was pretty good, and Washington won it, and they beat Oregon twice, and everybody said Oregon would beat them twice. Is Washington undervalued? I think they are, uh, and, and, and that first Oregon game, they, they had no business winning, but they did. Right. Uh, you know, Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback, is, is elite. Uh, he, uh, he, the coach who, who comes, I think, from North or South Dakota, I'm not really sure there's a difference, um, <laughs> but, but he, I mean, he, he's an amazing, he's done an amazing job. And by the way, I mean, this is a school that had Chris Peterson that had a big-time tradition, Don James, 30 sure. years ago. they won championships. Yeah. yeah, this is this is a school that has done it before, um, and he he's done it. I, I like Texas in the game only because I'm I'm far more familiar with them, and, right. and I think I think they have talent, you know, tremendous a tremendously uh, larger uh, group of talent. But but Washington has been a phenomenal story. 
I think people would like, I honestly think that there's, there's no wrong game here. I do think a, an Alabama-Texas game would draw more than a Michigan-Washington game, but I don't think there's a wrong here. I'll get you out of here on this. How are you on going to 12 teams? I think eight is fine. I think 12's too many. I don't want to get involved every single year with somebody saying, oh, they left so-and-so out. When you get to 12, shut up. I mean, there yeah. aren't 12 good teams. There aren't. No, there really aren't more than four or five. What, what's, what people don't realize is that thanks to the NFL, Tony, uh, the college football is going to be relegated to Thursday and Friday night. Uh, the playoffs were to begin last week. They, they would be on Thursday and Friday because of the obvious. You can't, you can't break yeah. into the weekend anymore in December. So, I mean, some of these games are going to be miserable. I mean, we're talking like Liberty and, 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 and Alabama, uh, yeah, at, at Alabama. But the games I'm most interested in are when, when the Southern School, when Georgia has to go to Wisconsin or Penn State on a Thursday night, uh, December 18th in the rain and 14 degrees. Right. Right. Yeah. That'll be, nobody really wants. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think that 12 is just too many. And to guarantee spots to Liberty and James no. Madison, you know, like, let, let's look at the ACC for a second, which is <laughs> second rate conference. In, in, it's a great basketball conference. It's a second rate football yeah. conference. Their second best team, Louisville, has now lost like 20 games in a row. Right. I mean, they lost yeah, last and, night. They're no good. And that's yeah, the second-best uh, team. And, listen, all you need to know about the ACC is that their best team has just sued the league to get yeah, out. That's right. And, right. and that's another part of the FSU crying game. Uh, and they just took in three teams, uh, three schools, Cal, Stanford, and SMU. If you're taking in Cal and Stanford in today's world where Oklahoma and Texas are going to the SEC and Oregon and Washington and yeah, you lose. Cal, are, then, then you are heading for the abyss. Yeah, you lose. You lose. SMU within two years will win the league every single year and then just laugh because they don't care about the money. They got their <laughs> no. own money. They're not, getting, they're not making a dime for no. eight years, I don't think. No, they don't care. You want money? I'll show you money. Come out in the back. I'll show you money. This is SMU money. Paul, such a pleasure. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for waking up. Thank you. Pleasure mine, Tony. Paul, find down, boys and girls. We'll take a break. We hope to have Carville. Carville has checked in. We feel confident. Okay, we're going to have Jeff Ma, but we hope to have Carville as well. I'm Tony Kornheiser. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Well, you wake up in the morning, boy. You hear the ding-dong ring. Then you look upon the table, boy. You see the same darn thing. You find no food upon the table, boy. There's no fork up in the pan. But you better not complain, boy. Get in trouble with the man. James Carville with his own walk-up music. Paul Evans' Midnight Special. This week's picks with James Carville and Jeff Ma. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. You are sitting on 4-1 and one right now from last week. You are waiting for Rutgers and Miami, which is tonight, I think, and you've got Rutgers, right? I think I got that right. I do. The Scarlet, the Scarlet Knights. Yeah, yeah. yeah Rutgers had it. They're coming around a little bit. They're yeah. coming around a little bit. The coach there uh, was there before, and he's a good coach. Shiano, he's a good coach. Yeah. 
Yeah, he did. He was real good, and he went. Uh, where'd he go to Miami or somewhere? He didn't do that. He went to the pros, and it was a disaster. And then he went back. He he went to work for Nick Saban for an hour and a half, as everybody does for rehab. Yeah. And then he went back to Rutgers, and he is a good coach, Greg Schiano. He is. He's good. All right. So, so Auburn, Mar- Auburn, Maryland. Yeah, that's All what. Right? That's your first one. You're going to take Maryland yeah, over Auburn. Take, I am it's seven and seven points. Okay, and that's in the. Trans Perfect Music yeah, City Bowl. Me. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to take Maryland? Because t- you d- tell I'm me why you're going to take Maryland. Why? Tell me why. Because I've seen Auburn play a lot. Yeah, and they're no good. They're not that good. They've had a disappointing year. I mean, right. and, you know, uh, they should have beat Alabama. Yes. Okay. How do you come back from that? Okay. The biggest game of the millennial and. You blow it, and then you got to come back and play a stupid bowl game, and you ain't going to bore play it. Okay, That's what else you got? What else we got? Toledo uh, and the Wyoming. Right. The Cowboys. Uh, right. Uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys won last night. I'm going with the Wyoming Cowboys, and, th- and I'm minus three and a half. Make you laugh. Okay, you, you you won with Oklahoma State last night. You won easily. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm going yes. to Cowboys. I got okay. Cowboys, right? And what I'm else you got? got? More Cowboys coming, okay? Right. Alabama and Michigan. All right. So you're giving Nick Saban points? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just amazing, right? I think right? we're going with Alabama here. <laughs> yeah. I, that, nobody understands that. All right. And you got three pro picks. What are your pro picks? Okay, I got uh, the Lions and the Cowboys. Right. We're going Cowboys. We got three Cowboys and Three days. That's right. Like Oklahoma, Oklahoma City State, and Wyoming. Wyoming and Dallas. All and right. that's the a Cowboys home game. Are minus six. Right. Yeah, minus six. It because it, it doesn't make sense. The Cowboys lost in Miami. The Lions are hot. They, but, but Dallas plays ten times better At in home. Dallas than they do they in Dallas. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And uh, the other one that doesn't make sense, so you got to take it. Is the Colts are minus three and a half against the Raiders? Uh huh. Take the Colts. Why does that not make sense to you? Well, because didn't the Raiders have one hell of a game against the they Chiefs did. or something? Yes, they did. And, and, they beat the and Chiefs. They're giving you three, and it's three and a half. They're enticing you to bet the dog. They're begging you. Right. Don't don't, don't walk into dog. that trap. Okay. Right? That that's that's the sucker bet. Okay. And the pack and the bites to yeah. make it fun. Let's take the over forty six. Over. You went down the drain on an over a couple of weeks ago. You're not you're not reluctant well, to go back on the over. All right. I just want to yeah, make sure. Yeah, best time to get on the horses right after you've been thrown. Okay. <laughs> exactly. All right, James. All right. All right. Happy New Year. You too. James Carville, boys and girls. It's always Only a couple bleeps so from James. wonderful. Only just, a couple. Well, yeah, you know, but that if there were no bleeps, yeah. it wouldn't be we, any fun. We would think At something At first was I wrong. thought he was waiting at a light with that turn signal, but I think it might have been his flashers. You think Is he pulled over? You think, that was? you think he pulled over with the hazards on? <laughs> I mean, either that or it's the ticking clock from Captain Hook. It was really <laughs> weird, right? Like, I didn't, I didn't know what to say about that, why that noise was going on. I thought it was the turn signal, but yeah, you're right. Maybe it was. Maybe well, so, some, it's a very that's a long, long light. That's, that's a long <laughs> light. That's a five-minute light. I mean, Louisiana has different rules than we've got. That is very true. But that's a long light. All right. So one of these, this is one of the bowls is the Trans Perfect Music, Music City. City Bowl. I don't know what Trans Perfect means, but I assume that would then be in Nashville. I'm guessing that's got to be in Nashville, right? Music and there's City. And also, there's also a, um, a New Year's Eve show out of Nashville this year on one of the networks. Oh, really? Yeah. I you know, New Year's Eve Nashville. Nashville's like the center of the universe I right guess, now. I guess. I guess that's true. Do we have Jeff? Yes, I guess we, we do. Okay, oh, Jeff Ma is with us. Jeff had... See how chipper I am right now, by the way? It's so much later now. It's later. I know. This is a reasonable time for you. It's a reasonable time. Let me tell people what Jeff Ma is doing in the last four weeks. Jeff Ma last week was 4-1. In the last four weeks, he's 16-13-1. You are killing it late. Started out bad. Started out 0-5. But you're killing it late. Do you have a theory about that? Do you have any feelings about that? Um, no, I mean, I think, you know, again, when we, I was 0-5, you asked me if I doubted myself and all this kind of stuff, and, you know, I'm, there were some dark moments there, but ultimately, you kind of believe in the process, and you do the same thing, and the results will come eventually. You can't be too short-term results-driven, you know, just because I'm really hot right now doesn't mean, like, my 
you know, the next few weeks will be any better than they, they are traditionally. So, you know, you try to win close to, you know, 58% of the games, then you're winning enough to beat the, you know, the VIG, um, and that's the goal. And so I'm, I'm just glad we've been able to, you know, make a pretty big comeback this year. All right, a couple of questions. Um, in, in a very surprising drubbing, I'm not saying Baltimore is not better than San Francisco, but in San Francisco to beat them that badly, that what does that change in terms of Super Bowl odds? Yeah, I mean, shockingly enough, it doesn't it doesn't change things that much. I mean, the Ravens, I think they went from about five to one to roughly about four to one. The Niners were about two to one, and now they're about two and a half to one. There's been a slight change. Rufus said on Bet the Process this week that it kind of adjusted, would have adjusted the point spread on those two, two teams by about two points. So, you know, the Ravens closed a six-and-a-half-point underdog against uh, San Francisco now. They'd probably close about four-and-a-half. In the Super Bowl, if it were to be played right now on a neutral, they'd probably be close to a two-point underdog. So the, the, the 49ers would likely still be favored. Really? They played, even though everyone saw that happen. Really? Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, it's, and the other thing is the 49ers are still in a really good position to get that number one overall seed. So from a standpoint of actually changing things, right. it didn't change things that much. The Ravens still have what many believe to be a more difficult path. Having a, you know, the Bills look good now. The Chiefs look good. Like there, there's, there's Team Miami. There's teams that they're going to have to play. Whereas you know, the, the Eagles are, seem to be pretty down. And so ultimately, Dallas, it's a matter of how good you think Dallas is. And so the Niners still, it seems like, have an easier route. And, you know, that game did not change that much in terms of their ability to get the number one seed. All right. What about the college football playoff lines? Uh, We just had Carville on, and he said, are you kidding me? You're going to give me Nick Saban and points? Of course I'm going to take that. What do you make of those two sets of odds in which um, I guess Michigan should be favored because they're number one, but it's hard to believe, right? I don't know if it's hard to believe. Michigan's now up to a two and a half point favorite um, uh, across some of the places. It, you know, I kind of like Michigan in that. I don't know at two and a half, but certainly lower than that, I like them. I mean, Alabama just hasn't been that good this year. And, you know, the best game they played, obviously, was against Georgia. Yeah. It's hard to say. This is, this is one of those things where at the end of the year, you look back on a college football season and an NFL season. And you kind of wonder how much should I weigh what actually happened on the field versus what I thought about the two teams going into the season. Because ultimately, and you see it like in the NCAA basketball tournament, you see it in some of these you know, bowl games, the teams that win are the teams with the most talent. And going into the season, you, know, you, know, you probably would have said Alabama was as good, if not better, on the, you know, from a talent perspective than Michigan. So... You know, I understand where Carvel's coming from, certainly. And but if you weigh what happened on the field this year, Michigan should certainly be favored. Okay, give us what you got for this week. All right, so we're going to start. Uh, we're going to do all NFL. We're going to do Dallas minus the six over Detroit. Um, you know, these games are interesting because these teams that aren't going to get buys, this is really their last. Time that they're going to probably play with their whole team intact, but the next week they'll probably rest guys yes. unless they have something to play for. Dallas won't. I kind of think they're going to try to get right in this game. Um, if you look, you know, at their home versus away, and you look at Detroit's home versus away, it just seems to line up for a Dallas comfortable win. So I'm going to take Dallas minus the six. Okay. What else? I'm going to take Miami plus the three and a half over Baltimore. The you know obviously the narrative is. Baltimore's physical. Miami doesn't like the physical nature of those teams. But, you know, Baltimore is in a tough spot coming back, cross-country, short rest um, in a game that obviously is, is, is important, but they came off a very emotional win, you know, as an underdog against the, the Niners. And I, I see this as, you know, if Baltimore wins this game, it's probably by a field goal or less. Um, and I think Miami has a legitimate shot to win this game. Okay. What else? I'm going to take Chicago minus the three over Atlanta. You love them. Riding the you love the Chicago <laughs> Bears. <laughs> Wilbon would be so happy. It's, it's me. Yeah, it's me trying to ingratiate myself to Wilbon. So <laughs> one day I'll get to hang out in Scottsdale with him. Uh, North Scottsdale. Scottsdale North is for Scottsdale. peasants. Sorry, North Scottsdale. <laughs> yeah, Scottsdale's for peasants. North Scottsdale. Yeah. 
<laughs> what's, the, what's the line on this? How much is this, Chicago? That's minus three. Minus three. They're favored? And they're favored over Atlanta? They're, wow. They're favored over Atlanta. Well, Atlanta hasn't really done much. Ever. You know, last week, obviously, they played well against Indy and with Heineke in there. Yeah. It seems like they're a better team. But you know, Heineke can turn the ball over. He's going to make some stuff happen, both good and bad. Chicago's a team that can turn you over and can and, – and, yeah, I like the way field is. I like the way the Chicago team is playing. So I'm okay. take a minus a three. Okay. What else? I'm going to take Tampa minus a two and a half. Again, another team we've been riding. Um, yes. Totally healthy right now. We don't think New Orleans is very good. We've been saying that on this podcast for a while. Um, and I like Tampa under a field goal. Okay. One more. And then I'm going to take Las Vegas plus the three and a half over Indy. I do worry a little bit about. You know, Las Vegas coming off a very emotional win, uh, a, a team that sort of like really had their you know, had their number historically. So coming off that win, Beating and obviously Chiefs, like Aiden yeah. O'Connell, Aiden yeah. O'Connell didn't do anything. No, no, fire confidence. Him. Not he didn't complete a pass after the first quarter, despite that win. But that defense is playing really well. Um, and you know, you just look at what they've done the last three games defensively; it's been great. It's just if their offense could put enough points. So I like catching points against Indy here. So what is interesting, uh, you know, the, the Miami-Baltimore game is very interesting to me in this regard. Both teams last week had huge games. They both won Miami and Baltimore. So it's not like if there's going to be a letdown, you can't predict which team would have the letdown, right? Because they both had enormous games. Yeah, I think so. But, I mean, obviously I think the Miami situation, being at home and then just traveling up to Baltimore versus – you know, Cross country. being off this short yeah. week. The short these short weeks, like the travel, it's not like the rest as much. It's the prep. It's everything that you lose with that right. one day of travel, and also the one day fewer to prep and rest. And Miami so it, gets it gets lucky to some degree. It's not going to be snow. It's not going to be brutally cold. It'll be in the high thirties, low. 40s. It'll be in the forties. It'll be in the forties. You can play in that, right? I mean, it's not winter. So, yeah, I, I mean. Certainly, weather will play a big impact, and it's interesting because they've looked at this weather stuff. It's not just when you play; it's it's like the the climate you're in and how you how you acclimate to that climate. It's just that temperature does make a big difference. Um, I think we saw that a little bit with Dallas going up to Buffalo uh, a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, I think it's a good point to bring up, Tony. Ultimately, um, yeah, if it's only in the 40s, it shouldn't be that big a deal. All right, so I'm not going to hold you to this, but which two teams do you like in the college games? I mean, I like I like Texas. Um, I think that line, the, the Washington team is just, it's, they're very hard to figure out because they seem to play to their competition. So from an analytics perspective, you know, that was the reason that Oregon was such a big favorite of, against them in the Pac-12 championship is because Washington yeah. had just scraped by against some bad teams. But they seem to step up when they play good teams. The two best games they played were against Oregon. So, is and Michael Penix Jr. and he's got elite wide receivers everywhere. He's so accurate; they're hard to stop. But I think Texas is just a, a better overall team. I think Texas, I I like Texas to win the whole thing. Um, okay. I think they can win this game, and then I think they can win the next game. But I like I like Texas and Michigan to meet in the finals. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. As always, uh, you can listen to Jeff and Rufus on Bet the Process. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Tony. Jeff Ma, boys and girls, we'll take a break. We have email and jingle. When we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Let's go, Tony Time! Here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your emails, taxes, and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag. He's got a read some for all of you folks. That's from Virginia Beach. That's from the John B. Dye School Chorus. Virginia Beach, Virginia. Very, very lovely. 
Uh, you want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, and you will be thrilled. All righty, then. That's going to do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, I'll tell you what. I'll swear you're doing a great job taking care of his car, but you parked it out back last night, and this morning it was gone. D-Day takes care of the wreck. We report it to the police, and your brother's insurance company buys him a new car. Will that work? Hey, it's got to work better than the truth. Of course, everybody knows that's Animal House. And I believe the next line is Belushi. Belushi says to Dorfman, my recommendation is to start drinking heavily. Heavily. Of course. Dorfman's car was ruined. Of course. It's his brother's car. Thanks to our guests today, Paul Feinbaum, maybe James Carville, Jeff Ma. Thanks to today's sponsors. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. So here are some emails, and the first one comes from Dennis Brown in South Bend, Indiana, who says, thought you guys would find this of interest. The micro wave chef explains herself. Now, this is a very famous British chef, right? Nigella Lawson? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to read what was sent to us. She's setting the record straight on her iconic mispronunciation. Three years ago, the celebrity chef mispronounced micro wave on an episode of our UK cooking show, Eat, Cook, Repeat, the British chef, 63, was explaining the steps on how to make brown butter colcannon. Is that what it's called, colcannon? While the interesting pronunciation slipped from her mouth. I still need a bit of milk, full fat, that I've warmed up in the microwave, she says in the clip, which quickly caused an uproar on social media. I wasn't aware I'd said it because that's what I call it at home, Lawson told BBC's John Kay for an episode of BBC Breakfast, which aired on Christmas. At the time, people were debating if Lawson really pronounces microwave that way. So the chef clarified that she does, but not because I think that's how it's actually pronounced. Now, Lawson says the whole or- ordeal has changed the way she pronounces the word again. It's made me self-conscious, she told Kay. I tend to refer to it as the you-know-what now. Wow. Wow. So that's really interesting. Um, there's another... Uh, in 2021, Lawson told People she understood why some viewers thought she was serious about the pronunciation. I did with a straight face, I suppose. I just assume that's what she thought it was. Uh, yeah, it sounds, so it sounds like she just says it for a lock at home. Like, I need people that used to pronounce Roy Rogers, Roy Roger. Really? Just for a lock. Oh, you know? Target? Target, exactly, Target. Yeah. I just thought it was the first time she saw the word. <laughs> Wait a second. Doesn't your wife pronounce Bojangles differently? Bojangles? Bojangles. <laughs> That's right. That's right. what she says all the time. The game doesn't get it started on Chipotle. Okay. <laughs> right. Bobbleheads. Ben from Quincy in Massachusetts. In regards to the bobblehead discussion in Wednesday's mailbag, you appear unaware of the recognition bestowed upon you by the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and, Mil- and Museum in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A bobblehead of you and Mike on the PTI set is on prominent display in their permanent collection, photo enclosed. Add it to the list of your Hofwaff accolades. It doesn't look anything like us. <laughs> Where did they get it? It doesn't look anything like either of us. Wow, but that's very nice. I'm flattered. Uh, Ronnie Newmeyer writes, I heard mention of Afternoon Delight in the running for worst song ever, and I had to chime in as it involves my two favorite things, music and name dropping. Afternoon Delight was written by my friend Bill Danoff, who, as you noted, is a longtime D.C. resident, as were Starland Vocal Band. Bill gets a smile on his face every time the song is mentioned in the worst song list, and its inclusion over the years in many movies and TV shows, such as Anchorman and The Simpsons, has surely kept the mailbox money flowing his way. Afternoon Delight went to number one in July of 1976, the week of the bicentennial, and Starland Vocal Band won two 1977 Grammy Awards, for Best New Artist and for Best Vocal Arrangement, which was done by then 19-year-old Starland member John Carroll, who was also a pillar of the DC music scene. Starland were also nominated for three more Grammys that year, including Song of the Year and Record of the Year. That led to Starland getting a short-lived ABC TV variety show that featured weekly appearances by a young unknown, unknown comedian named David Letterman. Bill Danoff and his former wife, Taffy Nivert, also co-wrote Take Me Home Country Roads with John Denver while opening for him at the old Cellar Door nightclub in the 70s. Danoff was also a classmate of Bill Clinton in the 1968 Georgetown University class. In 1994, Danoff 
contacted me to play bass for his Georgetown class reunion held on the White House lawn. I performed with Bill Danoff and a reunited Starland vocal band on Afternoon Delight and Take Me Home Country Roads. I also backed up Chuck Berry, who headlined that night, but that's another story. <laughs> There's a picture of Ronnie and Bill Danoff at the White House in 1994. So that's everything you wanted to know. That's... It's more than everything you wanted to know, but I thank Ronnie for that. Yes. From Tom Pace um, at, jo- at uh, John Carroll University, where... Brian Polian is now. He's the AD. Oh, that's right. He's yes. The AD. That's his alma mater. We love Brian. Dear Mr. Tony, I will gladly pay your monthly Apple TV bill to hear you talk about Gary Oldman's Jackson Lamb and Slow Horses. If Jackson Lamb wasn't created for Mr. Tony, then no TV character has ever been. Watch it now. All right, I'll just send the bills to you. We can all Everybody agree. says this. Yeah. That Slow Horses is great. Yeah. He chews all of his scenes. You know, he does. But he has contempt for everyone and everything. That's yes. It's amazing. From Bob Moore in Chattanooga, on Wednesday's show, you incorrectly stated that Ralph Nader targeted the Ford Pinto. That was the Corvair, but he also had the Pinto. Actually, it was the Corvair, he's right, in which he effectively killed production after the book Unsafe at Any Speed. Yes. And I remember the song they used to have for Corvair. In the old days, they had songs for everything. And it was something like, who makes the floor flat and clear, Corvair, Corvair, Corvair. Because the engine was in the back. Oh. So the floor in the car was flat. There were no bumps. So the front was, a, like, where the hood was a trunk? Yeah. yeah, that was the trunk. Huh. Yeah, that was the trunk. But, but Bob Moore is completely right. Appreciate that. From Jim Hickey in Springfield, Virginia, while visiting family in Oregon for the holidays, we toured the Tillamook Dairy. Saw the cheese assembly line, then tasted free samples. Gave a hearty La Cheeserie to the crowd on the way out to a lot of blank stairs. The connective <laughs> tissue must have been on vacation. Yeah, of course, that's true. From Bill Isaacson. It occurred to me over the holidays that listening to my almost 90-year-old mother talk to, her, talk to her grandchildren is like listening to you talk to Jeff Ma. My mother's reaction to hearing about a TikTok video is the same as your reaction to Jeff Ma giving points to take the bears. Really? No other words, just that in silence. What you and my mother are thinking is probably the same. You have got to be, James Carville word, kidding me. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Bill Isaacson moved back to Milwaukee after some years in Deerfield, Illinois, one of 23 states with a Deerfield. And Deerfield is the school. In uh, the holdovers, right. yes. Yes. Um, Abraham, Silver Spring, wait a second. Mr. Niag- Tully. Huh, what? Mr. Tully. Abraham oh. um, <laughs> and Silver Spring, wait a second. Niagara plays college hoops in the MAC. Wouldn't it make sense for a Midwest school to play basketball in the MAC instead of the MAC? Do you think that's... Do you think that's a Midwest school? That's a Wilbon geography. Then again, geography is no longer priority with all of this realignment. The answer to all your questions is money. I guess Niagara saw that MAC money and couldn't resist. The MAC is the Mid-Atlantic Athletic Conference. Yes. And it's an Eastern Conference. That's what I always thought. And Niagara, though it is in the westernmost point is of still New York State. In the east. It's still in the east. Is New York an eastern state? New York, completely an eastern state, right? <laughs> yes. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. But I still need... A bit of milk, full fat, which I've warmed in the microwave. There you go. 